Today we discuss anxiety and why trying to stop your anxiety can actually make your anxiety worse. All right. Hi. <laughs> this might look a little bit different to everybody, but uh, glad uh, glad you could join us. Dr. Z, what's up? How are you? I am good. How are you? Well, we don't have any cool theme music. I'm not in the studio tonight, but there are three sleeping angels right inside the house. If you could see it, I would point that Aww. way. And you'd be like, oh, that's amazing. Uh, but uh, so I'm in the car tonight. We're going to do uh, we're going to do it live from the car. Is that OK with you? That is perfectly fine. I had three <laughs> sleeping ones. My one, my middle one. Talk about mom of the year. Fell yeah. on our couch oh. with her iPad in front of her with her face <laughs> on the iPad. Passed out cold. <laughs> oh, I hope she was watching something good. Man, you know, nothing. It was like Peppa, but in a foreign language. Oh, nice. Oh, that happens in my house all the time. Yeah. What is it? It's like a it was in Russian. Yeah, SpongeBob in Russian over yeah. here, like obsessed with <laughs> obsessed with the foreign language cartoons as well. Yes, so it works. Uh, is that a form of anxiety? Is that something that you know? I don't just throw it in there. You know, I so, think that's just the parents had enough <laughs> in a Sunday night. Oh, that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever yes. works works. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, we've got uh, thank you again for joining us for uh, session three here live on Instagram. And of course, if, if everyone listening is not subscribed to the podcast, what are you doing? Uh, five stars, please only and ask as many questions as possible. We're going to try and get into many of those uh, starting with session five. So if you have a ton of questions that are going around and if you're listening to this podcast, I know you do because I can't sleep at night. I have a million questions. So uh, uh, review, comments, all that fun stuff. Uh, please get behind this because this is something that we want to continue to do for years and years and years and years. And you guys can help uh, start doing that. So, Dr. Z, tonight, uh, I think, uh, well, in, in just starting off with this, because like I have tried for three weeks now, ever since we have started the show, to remove things from a plate, to try and, you know, like step into that uncomfortableness. Uh, but knowing that I am male, that I am me, <laughs> I am always in the like, well, how do I fix it? How come this, uh, just give me the tools to fix the thing. And, you know, I, I just, my, my, my whole process in doing that is not helping at all. So it, what, is, what is actually going on when that happens? Like, what am I actually trying to say to myself when I'm like, hey, I can't fix this part of my anxiety or whatever, whatever it is? What should we be doing? So there's, so there's two things. One is anxiety is not something to fix. Right. That's number one. And, <laughs> and we will talk about that. But yeah. the, the real thing that's happening is anytime you feel it, this compulsion to fix it, to get rid of it, to make mm -hmm. it better, to just um, alleviate it, whatever it is, if the goal is any of the ones that I just said, you're actually going to end up making it worse. Because mm -hmm. it's not about fixing anxiety to get rid of it. It's about sitting with it and tolerating the discomfort until you get comfortable being uncomfortable and then it passes. People are very avoidant of that initial discomfort. And so that fixing, fixing, fixing is just another word for avoidance. Mm. Um, and, you know, you also have to make sure that the thing you're trying to fix is something that you even value in the first place. And that's another big thing is kind of this value driven work. If you are trying to fix something that's not really in line with what you value, you're just doing it because you think you should be doing it. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to avoid a lot more and you're going to kind of create more anxiety for yourself. 
Yeah, and I think that happened. Uh, it happened to me a lot this week, you know. And um, it happens to all of us. Listen, all of yeah. You know, society tells us, you know, and we'll talk about this. You know, be mm -hmm. positive, even though you know shit's wrong. You should still have <laughs> positive vibes. Yeah. And because we have that that thought process in our head that's kind of instilled in us very early on, um, we think the goal is to get to this state of prolonged happiness. Mm -hmm. And our brains aren't wired for that. And so we, we end up kind of with this self-defeating cycle because it's not a real place to get to. That doesn't mean you're not going to have moments of happiness, but you can't, you can't have this kind of view of life as I'm just going to be a mood state. You have to have a view on life of, am I doing enough of the behaviors that I value? Which falls under the umbrella of it's more likely you'll have more happy moods than not. Right. And, and that is, uh, that's a, yeah, man, that's probably need to have that on a, on a, on a broken record at some point for all of us. Uh, cause it's, uh, yeah, the avoidance part is really true because I so there are sometimes you, you really don't know what you want. I think it's, for me, it's why I constantly evaluate that all the time, even if mm -hmm. maybe it's too much. Like you wake up in the morning and be like, do I really want to be doing X, Y, and Z today? Do I want to be setting it up for my week? Is this, mm -hmm. this person more important? Is this relationship? Mm -hmm. Is this call? Is all that? And I think exactly. I saw uh, uh, even Kimmy here in the, uh, in the comments even, even mention it. There was a couple of you know, uh, articles even this week about people with incredibly high power, high pressure jobs, any of that stuff, where probably are walking walking examples of people that have you know high functioning anxiety yeah. um I, I i i don't know if i am i would i would assume that i am at this point uh and uh i i know you have kind of like said back and forth that there's there's a lot of us that are that are oh, out yeah. there doing that yeah. so how do uh, and it, we it, go it, unnoticed yeah, all the time mm -hmm. um so is it as simple as asking yourself like what do i want less in my life or is it just the thing that is scaring you the most that you need to address first because that's you know i i right. think that's where i i tend to get lost a lot of the time so i don't look at them as so as isolated episodes i look at it more as kind of an overall pattern of behavior do you mm -hmm. tend to um avoid things by worrying do you tend to avoid things by getting angry do you tend to avoid things by procrastinating do you tend to avoid things by shutting down? Mm -hmm. Do you tend to avoid things by overdoing stuff, staying in the office till, you know, three in the morning and going back in at seven? Do you over exercise? You know, do you mm -hmm. sleep too long? I mean, there's a million different ways that people can go about avoiding discomfort. So I don't, I don't look at it as kind of like episodes of this. It's more of this overarching pattern that you apply to your day to day. So when I first start working with people, one of the first things I do is I ask them to tell me what they value. And, you know, because let's say I am, it's understand it's not this simple. When I say, let's say I'm working at a job that I hate, mm -hmm. I dread it every morning I wake up, I hate going, but there's a reality of this. You have a family, you need to feed them. We're in the middle of a pandemic. It, you know, like people aren't just hiring left and right. So, so there is a, you can't just up and leave, right? But you can figure out ways to gain control over that situation. So if you value being a good employee, let's say, is your behavior in line with what you value? And you may find that you're doing things like procrastinating because you hate your job or showing up late or purposely not meeting deadlines or mm -hmm. being nasty to people that you work with. Those are behaviors that 
are not in line with what you value as being a good employee, even though it's in the context of a really crappy situation. So if you think of your values kind of on a continuum, the further away you get from your values with your behavior, the more anxiety and discomfort you're going to have, the more depression you're at risk for. Mm. And it's because you're, you're avoiding feeling uncomfortable. You don't want to feel it. So you do something to compensate for it, to get rid of it in the moment. But the problem is, is that it's only a temporary distraction. It just continues to build and build and build. And it's going to come out some, it's going to come out somehow. Um, so it's like a balloon. It's like, it's like either you slowly let the air out or it just pops. And do you think that's kind of part of what we've been talking about the last couple of sessions here too, where you're kind of just going at something from a million different angles thinking, Oh, I'm, trying something different with the same problem, but more or less, it's just the same avoidance in a exactly. different scope then is what you're it's saying. Just, it's just yeah. a different color shirt. It's just, a, you know, it's just, yeah. it, it's the same function. So people that work with me that are my patients, they, they hear me say this a million times every session. I don't necessarily care what the behavior is. I want to know what the function of it is. Yeah. Why are you doing X right now at this moment? Like it could be you're making scrambled eggs. Mm -hmm. I don't really, but why are you doing that right now? What function is that serving? Well, it's because this way, if I'm focused on cooking eggs, I don't have to interact with um, my spouse because we have an issue and I don't feel like dealing. So I'm going to avoid, so I'm going to be like, it's, it's mm -hmm. still, it's a silly example, but it's not about the eggs. It's not about cooking. It's the function that it serves. And that's to avoid the discomfort of having a discussion. Um, so, yeah, so that's how I, that's how I, approach it and I have people move towards that discomfort and what they realize is that the more they approach that discomfort the less pervasive and the less intense and the less frequent it becomes well and a lot of it is because a lot of the bullshit in your head is it isn't as bad by the time you get there anyway so something that's preventative <laughs> for years could be exactly. something very simple and just a personal story very simple very young very young and again i didn't understand this is all a part of like not understanding why i would react the way i would do so 17 it's my first bank account really ever it's in the negative because you know i am not financially smart at that point nor do i think i am at 38 either but uh, uh the avoidance of going in there to take care of a simple negative balance because i was so embarrassed yes. by it just prolonged this thing over and yes. over and over again where eventually like you know, it's more embarrassing because your parents got to walk in there and take care of it and whatever. So but if you think about it, what were you avoiding? Were you avoiding the negative bank account? No, no. the embarrassment that the, the person across Correct. from me would know that I don't have any money currently. Correct. And she's going to judge me for, you know, forever or whatever it is that, right. that I put right. in my head. And, and millions of people go through that all the time. Mm -hmm. You don't know that when you're 17. So it's just like, That's right. and, and my, I, offer that, my other question to you was just really like, what is... How do you know when you just have a lot going on and you value all those things that you have a lot going on and what mm -hmm. we just talked about, we're like, oh, I have too much on my plate and I'm just doing this to avoid stuff. How can we kind of have that little self-test real quick? Mm -hmm. So I think first is the degree to which it interferes with your day-to-day -day functioning. Mm -hmm. So there are certain indicators like for me that I know I may be doing things that I love, but mm -hmm. I'm overwhelmed. I have too much on my plate. And certain indicators are, um, I start sleeping too much. I stop returning emails. Um, I am a horrible phone person and any of my <laughs> friends that are watching this know, I don't oh, return same. phone yeah. calls. I don't yeah. pick up the phone. I talk yeah. all day. I don't, 
I, I throw it away as soon as I, I will can. text. Yeah. yeah, I'll text all day long, but um, stop eating as much. Like there's just little things or, or, or I'll get agitated quicker. So there's certain things that I realize are happening to know that I have too much on my plate. If you have too much going on that are things that you don't value, you're doing them for other reasons, um, that's when I think people start to become more un I mean, unmotivated comes with being overwhelmed too, but yeah. unmotivated, lack of enjoyment, lack of pleasure, lack of just kind of almost like this blondness because you're not getting any type of reward because you're not engaging in things that you value. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you don't value, like I said, um, something just, I like to give ridiculous examples so people can <laughs> see it easily. Sure. But let's say, let's say you play golf, you're taking mm -hmm. golf lessons, but like you hate golf, you hate everything about golf. You're just taking golf because you think it looks good business wise, but like actually you hate golf. Mm -hmm. And so you have all these things on your plate and the day you have golf, you're in a horrible mood, you're miserable, you're snippy, you, it's boring for you, you don't like it. And it's because you're engaging in something that is something that you don't value. Um, and I, I have people kind of take inventory of the stuff around them to really see, are they engaging in the things that they value? And a lot of people don't even realize that they're engaging in things they don't value because mm -hmm. they don't have any other reference point because they've always been doing this. And so a good a good way to kind of ask yourself if it's something that you value um, is I'll say, okay, well, why do you do this? And if the answer is, well, I don't know, I always have, right, but but why? I, I, I don't know, because mm. you just always have. Well, yeah. where did it come from? I, I don't know, my, my parents told me. Well, where did it come from? And like, there's no ends to it. It's usually some sort of repetitive cycle or pattern. It doesn't mean it's bad, it's just, Usually when you value a behavior, you have a really good reason behind why you do. Yeah. And that, and, <laughs> and it's funny because like, um, as just a, 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 another life example to that, uh, being where I was in, in radio and like not feeling good about it and not feeling great about a, as it continued on. And you have a bunch of people telling you like, wow, it's a dream job. And you're in inside, you're like, nope. Actually, this is terrible. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not having a fun time at all by the time, you know, especially towards the tail end. So, like, you're you're telling yourself you have to value this thing because so many other people do. Yeah. Like, it's, they're putting it on this pedestal where, like, right. oh, my God, you get to do X, Y, and Z. I would, you know, uh, give it up to do that. And I think, uh, you know, with me in the sports world, I think we, we do that with athletes a lot of the time, too. Yeah. And we look at, like, you're making millions of dollars and – we can judge you because you're doing that and all, all you know and that's just i think that that in that old whole inherent culture like uh really really ramped up mine personally and i, I think that can kind of continues to happen uh you know throughout with with colleagues and coworkers and stuff like that where you're just you never know exactly where uh where you actually what you believe in now what you <laughs> what's what's making right. you go uh, and right. i highly recommend doing that as much as possible like if you're not feeling as though you are just like dr z was you saying you usually there. start to look at it after some <clears throat> sort of crisis yeah and and right. hey we're all in a pandemic so that's why we're all right. questioning it too right like right. what what is yeah. all this we do what to, and mm -hmm. uh, i'm i'm you know semi thankful for that because <laughs> probably would have right. kept going I, yeah. I i don't i don't i don't think that there uh, would have been any stopping um anytime soon with that so what with that being said i, I guess is there a 
is there a quicker way that that you can recognize this so it's not after a tragic situation so mm -hmm. it's like uh you were you were describing uh going to therapy while you're feeling good and while mm -hmm. you're in a in a good mood and making sure that you're you're taking care of it before it happens almost so how can yeah. we almost kind of do that with with the things that we value are there other things besides you know hey do i like the stuff that i'm doing mm -hmm. what what else can we be asking ourselves or others you do you do more of it yeah you just do constantly. Vari you yeah you do variations of it you um make sure you take necessary breaks with it so that when you go back mm. to it you're you enjoy it even more you almost like you you have to take I know this sounds really cliche and you know I'm not for these like therapy mm. cliches at all but you you have to really kind of nurture and I will never say this again but you have to really nurture and care about and respect the things that you value and I don't mean the people mm. I don't mean respecting the people I mean respect the things that are important to you because if you don't take care of them as if they're your children in a way right or your pets or whatever um then you get distracted from them. So it's kind of like you always have to feed them. You have to feed them. You don't want to starve them. You always want to figure out how you can, and I'm not saying do it better, just more of it or just in a different way, right? If you really are, you know, so, if, if let's say healthy eating is really, really important to you and you yeah. really value it, right? And you know, you find that you've been really anxious lately and you just haven't been feeling great. You want to turn towards and nurture the things that you value, like healthy eating. And so maybe you start slowly, baby steps, cooking different types of recipes, right? Or buying different types of food or cooking for different people. So you, you move towards what you value, even though at the same exact time you feel anxious or you feel unmotivated. It's easier to move towards the discomfort if you're doing something you value, whereas trying to move towards discomfort in the context of something that you really, at the end of the day, could care less about. Yes. Um, so, and something I really yeah. value in that, too, is making sure that, you know, I, I, it's, a, it's a quote from Sam Hinkie, and I'll tell you about him if, you don't, if you're unfamiliar with him, but progress is not linear. And I think Correct. that's very yes. important to note yes. Especially and any when we're dealing with this. listening on here will yeah. 100% agree with you on that. Progress in therapy, I say this all the time, mm -hmm. it, it is not this. It's, it's this. And as long mm -hmm. as the general trend is upwards, even though you may have this, you're doing great. You're, you're doing great. That's yes. all you can ask for. Um, because life happens around your progress and you are not immune from that. Where like does the pandemic? No one came yeah. from it. Yes, you know? and out of curiosity, I know this is, this is kind of more of like where where did we start noticing anxiety really? Because like, how did how did this ever? How why is this a thing? Like, why is it in humans that we are anxious inherently almost? And maybe it's maybe it's more in this country than others or whatever it is. But what what is it well, about it that makes us anxious? So there's a couple of things. One, and I know we talked about this maybe on the first episode, mm. but, but the first is we are a very individualistic society, which means that it's like almost every man for themselves kind of type society. It's not collective. Yeah. You know, there's, there's groups, um, uh, you know, that are more collective than others, but it, it really is very much a cultural thing too, because there are, you know, some, 
you will find less anxiety in other parts of the world. And a lot of it has to do with that individual kind of versus collective society. Mm-hmm. Um, and also kind of the, the mindset in a lot of other um, places in the world is one of acceptance of discomfort and being present focused. And so people that have that mindset typically are less anxious than those that have the mindset that I can't feel it. I can't feel it. I can't feel Mm -hmm. it. I can't feel it. So we are in a society where, you know, we're taught to, you know, snap out of it. We're taught to, um, you know, move on, let's go. It's enough already, you know, and because of that, it, it's, it sets us in position for always striving to be happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just, it just doesn't work like that. So um, the reason why we have anxiety at all is because we're human and human beings have anxiety as a normal, natural, necessary, evolutionary based emotion. If we did not have anxiety, we would all be dead because what anxiety does is it gives us information about the world around us and lets us know if we're in danger. Where we took it and Mm. ran with it is that what would happen is we would, let's say, be anxious. There's a lot of reasons why I'm just giving one, but we would be anxious in a certain situation, right? So I'll use panic attacks for an example. So let's say you're in line at the market and all of a sudden you have a panic attack out of nowhere. You've never had one. You don't know what's going on. So now you have a panic attack at the supermarket and you run out. Why you run out? Why are you engaging in that behavior, that avoidant behavior? Because you want to avoid the feeling like you're dying while you're checking out at the supermarket. So you avoid it. You get in your car, you go home. Next Sunday rolls around and you, it's, it's, food shopping day. Mm -hmm. And instead of going to super fresh, now instead you go to whole foods because super fresh freaks you out. You don't want to go back there. (laughs) Right. So now you avoid hope you avoid super fresh right now. You're at whole foods and you're standing in line and you have another panic attack and you run out, you avoid Mm -hmm. the discomfort. Then Sunday rolls around again. And you say to your husband, you need to go food shopping. So your husband goes food shopping and instead you go to um, Home Depot and guess what happens, right? So as you, in your effort to not feel anxious, what you're actually doing is you're making your world significantly smaller mm-hmm. and it's like a virus, it kind of spreads and, it, and that anxiety and that, that, that feeling, it spreads to originally what we call neutral stimuli. So things that never produced anxiety now have the properties of triggering anxiety. So what our brains do is it misperceives now a magazine rack and gum <laughs> as something scary. Right. And now when you go to, I don't know, movie theater, and I'm giving really bizarre sure, examples, but just so sure. you can see it. And you see like a trigger, now you're gonna have a panic attack there. And then it's gonna be groups of people and it just keeps going and going and going because these neutral things start to take on anxious properties because you keep avoiding them. Um, and so that's why we have all this anxiety is because we just keep trying to avoid something that's naturally occurring. And then our brain misperceives the information. We take in the information and we misperceive it. We, we, our brain tricks us into thinking we're in danger. Mm -hmm. So our heart starts racing really fast to let us know, like get out of there. 
um, we start feeling like we can't breathe, we start sweating, we either run or we freeze. Because again, our brain is tricking us into thinking we're in a situation where you may die. So you better mm -hmm. figure this out. Um, yes. And hi, guys. And if you <laughs> don't, if you don't, they're right, if you don't handle it, um, it's going to show up in other areas. Like, John, would you like to say what other areas anxiety will show up in if you don't handle it emotionally? Oh, I don't know. Pretty much everywhere. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> your work, your relationships, your, just as we were saying, just simply calling people back, texting, like it just goes on and on and on because it's like, well, that won't, about, you know, that won't How about work. the other big one we're missing? Oh, what's the, uh, yeah, relationships? Did I say that? Sorry. Uh, what, what, mm -hmm. what am I missing? I'm going to make you think of it. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, what it's was a big the biggest one. thing? What was the biggest thing that you had to deal with when you were trying to figure out what the hell was going on? Yeah. Where did During... you go? Did you go to a psychologist or did you go to the hospital or did you oh. go to? <laughs> oh yes. yeah. No, uh, yes. yeah, no, I went to the hospital. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, right. I, you had I, uh, MRIs. You yeah, had I, I, oh, that right. was, yes, I did. I did everything possible right. to be like, well, it's not mental. Uh, clearly, I'm going to get my blood work done. I'm going to get, uh, so I'm going to go find a GI doctor because there's something wrong with my gut. Clearly, that's Correct. it. You know, right. uh, all these other different parts. And it's just, it, it ends up just being a part of your body. Like, it really right. does affect you know, it will I, go into your muscles, into yep. your tissue. It will, it will go. I mean, there's so much research on this. We, we talked about cortisol and we talked about, you know, dopamine. I mean, mm. all of these things are at play, whether, whether you want to be anxious or not, whether you're avoiding it or not. I mean, this stuff is happening so you can avoid it all you want, but your body, especially when you're dealing with like PTSD, trauma, mm -hmm. your body is going to feel it. So, you know, when I get stressed out, one of the other things that's an indicator that I'm at my max is I get migraines. So you no know, kidding. It, okay. And the reason, if you think about it, you know, there's a, it goes, there's a, like a, a muscle that goes from here all the mm. way down to here. It's shaped like a, like a ram's horn. Mm. And when you're stressed and tense, right, your shoulders up here, you don't even realize it. Half the time I'm sitting like this, I have to notice Ooh. and drop my shoulders. When you <laughs> do this, because yeah. you're stressed, guess what happens? It puts pressure and it loops in and it hits that spot right here. So it is all connected and you can avoid it all day long. But this is where I get patients coming from gastrodocs because they have IBS or they're mm -hmm. coming from the emergency room because they thought they were having a panic attack or they're coming from neurologists because they thought they were having a stroke. Like, I mean, there's so many things, TMJ, um, back aches, chronic pain, fibromyalgia. I mean, you name it. I've seen it and 99% of it, again, I tell you, I should be the second referral. I'm usually the last. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and which is, yeah, please, please tell all your friends that and family moving forward. Like if they're, if you're hearing a lot of this, some of the similar things that we're talking about tonight, um, recommend that more often than not, because it's just, it's, you don't realize how powerful the brain is. You just don't, you never will. Yeah. And, and like how much it really does affect your body overall um uh, so it's yeah very important to to make sure that any of those things that are funked up in your body uh check uh, i would almost at this point i would recommend going to see a therapist first you know like i i know that uh everybody is inherently wants to go to the doctor and i'm not saying you shouldn't but make that first phone call there because like it's a uh, chiropractor adjustments, I'll, you know, there's a, a, a ton, a ton of different ways that I think we can, we can all try and alleviate stress or anxiety or whatever it is. But, what a, and one of the yeah. things too that, and then I, I want to get into the, the avoidance part of it and the, right. and, and, and things we can do to not 
avoid um, just some general strategies. But the other thing too, and, and people may be kind of not sh they're going to understand why, but I'm serious when I say mm. that two of the biggest referrals that I make when I'm working with someone is I make a referral to a nutritionist mm. and I make a referral to a sleep doc if they're having sleep problems, because one of the biggest underlying reasons why people continue to have depression, anxiety, it's linked to inflammation is because we eat like crap and we sleep like crap. So ding, ding. Putting, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so we're putting in, you know, we're putting so much crap into our bodies mm -hmm. always. I'm, I'm a hundred percent guilty of that. Yep. Um, and then, you know, and that's going to affect mood. It's not this like made up concept. It, it truly causes inflammation, which causes a lot of these problems that we see. So, Oh yeah. Cause be can amazed. I just say, can I just say right off yeah. the bat, how many of us forget to eat every single day? Like oh, yeah. I, I, the, 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 that'll, that'll race throughout the entire morning or yep. afternoon or night or whatever. And it just yeah builds on the other, other physical crap that we're not paying attention to yeah. either. Yeah. That's a symptom of high functioning anxiety. And well, yeah, depression. there we yeah. go. Okay. We can yeah. check that off. Right. The list yep, yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So but a lot of people, you know, in today's society, I mean, it could be four o'clock. I end up I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't eat today. Or, yeah. or even worse. I have a raging headache and it's four o'clock. I'm like, I didn't drink any water today. Like, right. But you know, <laughs> you, know you did so, drink all day about seven cups diet of coffee. coke yeah or diet coke <laughs> right. or whatever it is exactly. yes <laughs> right. Um, right so you know it, it's it's so i really try to take a holistic approach to this because if mm. you're not eating well and you're not sleeping well there's only so much that that therapy can can do just like there's only so much you know a gastro doc can do yes. when you're still living in chaos right and you don't know how to manage your anxiety it's kind of like it's it, it's a band-aid it's just you need to really attack it at all angles it doesn't it doesn't really matter in the order but i do strongly i feel very strongly about working on the anxiety first and foremost yes Period. yes that's i mean that's that's going to be the answer to a lot of you know a lot of yeah. symptoms and a lot of the questions that we were talking about tonight and that's um and what what can we do i guess yeah i know you wanted to get into that too but what 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 is like what are some of those general helpful helpful next steps that we can get into to you know and even like you said if our let's say our life is full of chaos almost every single day what if mm -hmm. we can't get away from those things what mm -hmm. if there's no way for us to generally eat healthy and work out and you know on and on and on or is that something we just say too uh but if you're feeling like that and you don't have a ton of resources what would you recommend mm -hmm. So when you're, so I'm going to answer that in two parts. So when you're mm -hmm. in a situation where there is just chaos and it's your day to day, like mm -hmm. you're both of us, we have three kids, we mm -hmm. work full time. I mean, like, it's just, it's, it's chaos. Um, short of getting rid of our children and, you know, just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And right. there's a law against that. Right, right. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so because we aren't allowed to do that, um, you have to find things in your world, in your immediate world that you can control. Things that you do have control over, like what food you decide to put in your body and when, mm -hmm. right? How much water you choose to drink or um, what, I know this sounds silly and I'm not saying you, you, what you wear matters, but you have choices of what you can wear. And oh, when yeah. I used to consult to, to nursing homes for patients that had dementia, um, one of the things that they would say is they're not compliant with this. They're not compliant with that. Well, of course they're not compliant with taking their meds or getting out of bed or getting dressed. They feel they have no control. So mm -hmm. I would walk in and I would simply say, 
Instead of get dressed, it's time to get dressed, it's time to eat. Do you want to wear the green shirt or do you want to wear the purple shirt? Because what that does is it creates options. And when you have options, you can make a choice. And when you can make a choice, you feel in control. So you need to look at your immediate surroundings and figure out where you can make choices, better choices, what you have control over and how you can modify it. Because there are always things in your immediate surroundings. When you feel like you may not have control over you know, the chaos of your children, right? But there mm -hmm. are things that you can do to alleviate some of that. You can delegate, you can um, redo the schedule, you can change mm -hmm. a bedtime. I mean, you know, none of them are gonna be ideal because they're not gonna solve the chaos. So if your goal is to get rid of the chaos, you have the wrong goal. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you have to make sure your goal is, is, is accurate. Um, life happens, right? Life sometimes sucks and life is sometimes hard but life is also sometimes wonderful and sometimes it's just blah and sometimes it's okay and then you're having a great day and then all of a somebody all of a sudden like someone just backs into your car like <laughs> you know so um so i want to get to really quickly the just the kind of why we have this idea that we need to get rid of feeling bad get rid yeah. of depression get rid of anxiety we say we want to get rid of it because it feels bad and I don't fault anybody for that whatsoever. Um, if I'm having stress, I just want it to go away. So it's not a bad thing to want it to go away. It's how you're trying to get it to go away. So our brains are additive, meaning it takes in stuff, right? And it doesn't ever get rid of it. And just because, you know, people say, well, dementia, and when you forget, have memory loss, or mm -hmm. I forget something, it's not necessarily you forgot it, it's that you can't retrieve it. So when people try to forget a thought or try to not feel a feeling, you, you, you literally can't do that. Because if I say, okay, John, don't think about your green hat right now. <laughs> In order to tell yourself not to have that thought, you have to actually say the words internally green and hat. Mm -hmm. So by telling yourself not to have a thought, you have to actually say the thought, which triggers the thought. So cognitively it 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 doesn't work right forget just that it doesn't work it, it literally there's a reason why it doesn't work right um so so there's that the other thing is we can't just forget our thoughts they will come back they may just be kind of pushed away somewhere for a little bit but that's going to come out in other ways like agitation or anxiety or worry mm. people think by people don't realize worry isn't anxiety worry is a strategy that people with anxiety use to feel like they have control over the situation that's out mm. of their control worry is this illusion of problem solving it makes us feel like we're being actively involved and actively problem solving and figuring out every scenario like for social anxiety disorder if she says this i can do this i can do this i can do that you come up with every possible scenario under the sun and you feel like you're handling it. But really all you've done is sit on your couch or lay in your bed for an hour mm -hmm. behaviorally. Like if I had a video on you, all I'm gonna see is you laying in bed. You haven't <laughs> actually done anything. So there's a difference between worrying and problem solving. Mm -hmm. So that's another reason well, why and, you and, can't and, get and, rid of it. And not to cut in there, but that like, I, I fucking hate that part yes. i hate it like I if i know that i wasted my time 
yes. solving the dumbest trivial thing in the world that took an hour and a half. You use, you know, laying down, I pace and I can yep. feel when I've overpaced my, yep. you know, and part, yep. probably, probably because <laughs> I'm losing but some of the weight too. The thing. Yeah, go ahead. Think about it. Why are you in your head avoiding? Why are you in your head worrying? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. where are you not? You're not present sitting with the discomfort that you have. You're in your head trying to magically solve a problem by doing nothing. Yeah. Right. And, and the whole reason why worry is such a go-to strategy for avoidance is because it's so damn easy to do. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't even realize you're doing it half the time. So if, that's why when people say, don't worry about it, you can't not worry. It's normal. It happens. The goal isn't not to worry. The goal isn't to stop worrying. The goal is to acknowledge, I like to call it when you left the building. Like, yes. The goal is to be able to bring yourself back to the present. And the more you practice that instead of the other way by trying to stop worrying and instead bring yourself back and have that be the goal, you're going to realize that you're way more willing to stay present because you know not, there's nothing to be scared of and you actually end up having less anxiety than if you keep running away in your worry. And would um, you say that that pattern tends to just lend right direct to, I mean, you're lying to yourself then, right? That's what, that's how that kind of starts to begin, essentially. You're tricking your brain into thinking that you are problem solving and reducing anxiety when mm -hmm. in reality, you're not feeling it. You're, 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 you are thinking about it, but mm -hmm. you're not sitting with it. Um, because sitting with it is is hard. It's 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 uncomfortable, which is why, you know, and our brains wander. This is what our brains do. I mean, this is one of the magical things about our brains. It wanders. So mm -hmm. it naturally wanders. So your goal can't be to not worry because it goes against, again, something that's way out of your control. So the, it's the goal that's wrong. Your mm -hmm. goal should be noticing that you're doing it and bringing yourself back and maybe noticing how often and how quickly you bring yourself back. Maybe that's the goal instead. Mm -hmm. um, you know, oh, well, I, I'm doing, I have people say like, I'm doing it again. Or, you know, I, you know, jokingly want people realize that they're worrying, you know, I'll have them say something out loud, like, that's really freaking helpful. And the <laughs> reason why I do that is because it's a decentering strategy. It's mm -hmm. something objective that takes you outside of your head and puts the worry over here. We didn't get rid of it. You can go back to it anytime you want, but I gave you something objective to kind of pull yourself out of to separate yourself from the worry, not get rid of it, just carry it differently. Um, the analogy I, I give a lot is, um, and I, I was at a conference years ago and I still to this day cannot find this cartoon, but it was an <laughs> image of this guy lugging bricks up a mountain and each mm -hmm. brick had a word finances marriage kids grades um job health it was all his worries and he's and he's dragging it and he's dragging he's dragging it, and he's trying to get up this hill hill let's say his life and yeah. he's just like dying right and then the next slide was him but this time all the bricks were there but now they were in a cart in front of him that he was pushing mm. up the mountain and he got over fine. And so I use that example a lot. Did his worries go away? No. What was the difference? The difference was how he chose to carry them. Mm. And so that's kind of the, the underlying kind of principle of, of, of worry and why when you try to stop being anxious, you make it worse.
Yes. So take those. What about Bob baby steps? Right. That's that's yes. the important yes. part to take away here. <laughs> and like, you I know, know some just, people are like, what's what about? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Sorry. That's a do your Googles. That's a movie from uh, the, the mid 90s featuring Bob uh, or uh, Bill uh, Murray and uh, you know, some other fun uh, folks about that. Uh, so as we're OK, so we're taking our baby steps. Uh, and if we're pacing too much, it's probably an, an avoidance issue as we're well, going along. Pacing is self-soothing. So it's a self-soothing. Yeah, whatever whatever your thing is. Uh, it could be laying in bed. It could be, yep. you know, moving your uh, restless leg syndrome, I think, is another one of mine mm -hmm. that, you know, constantly yep. bouncing back, back and yep. forth. Um, I I guess where, you know, we we go through all the, the back and forth. Pro How do we know if we're making progress? I guess is a, is is probably a good thing for a lot of people to understand, especially me. Like, what, how is for sometimes it's as, as simple as me as like looking back to where I was three or four months ago, or like, oh, I'm not mm -hmm. saying that as much. I'm not questioning that as much. But what are some good parameters to know? Like, hey, I'm making progress. So I think psychologists are all going to kind of differ on on mm -hmm. how to measure progress. I tend to be more behavioral with this because, like I said. I don't like measuring progress based on a mood state because our moods fluctuate so drastically that I just don't think it's a good anchor point. Mm -hmm. um, I like to base it on behaviors, on value-driven mm -hmm. behaviors. So how do we know that you're making progress? Did you do, like, let's say you list all the things that you love to do and, you know, your daily schedule of things that you enjoy. Did you do X, Y, and Z? Yes or no. Mm -hmm. Truthfully, the more yeses you have, I guarantee you the happier you are. Yeah, I, it's probably general, more of a right. Correct. So right. So it's more it, I look at it more as and this is what I what I work on is mm -hmm. the more non depressed, non anxious, mm -hmm. value driven behaviors you do, the more progress you're making, the more fulfilled your life is going to be. Yeah, that that seems uh yeah, and, and that's not, I mean, you probably don't even need the yeses at that point because you're going to feel those bricks Correct. moving in that direction. Exactly. You'll feel the hill. That's the anxiety that never kind of goes right. away. And, you know, you've, so a natural burden. Here, someone asked here, how do we get out of a bad mood? You get Great out question. of a bad mood by staying <laughs> in it and feeling it until it passes. In your struggle to get out of your bad mood, you are keeping yourself stuck in it. So mm -hmm. you need to... Not so much, you, we can't, listen, if it was e as easy as I don't want to feel sad anymore, snap my fingers and I'm not sad, yeah. then I'd be out of a job and we'd all be like in Disneyland. That's not how it works. You know, if, if I, I wish it did, I'm, just for the record, I really know, wish it did. <laughs> right? I can't just wake up tomorrow and say, I love myself today. Yeah. It, like it doesn't, maybe for some it does, but generally speaking, you can't just switch you can't just turn it on and off so especially right. when you have a long pattern of thinking this way and it was reinforced throughout your lifetime it you can't just switch it but what you can do is you can do certain behaviors that you value that you that maybe are uncomfortable but that give yourself the experience of showing yourself that you can do it of showing yourself mm -hmm. that you're competent or showing yourself that you did a good job. And then guess what that does? Well, then that's going to change the, how you view yourself. That's going to change how you feel. So I start with that first because you, by avoiding that stuff, you deprive yourself the opportunity to show yourself that you can handle it. Is it a good, good thing to almost try and break that down immediately? Like when we're asking, 
why am I anxious? Why am I in a bad mood? Essentially too. And try and just get to that. Like, okay, I'm really mad just because of this. Yes. Rule of thumb, you more likely than not, if it feels uncomfortable, you're going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. If, if it feels familiar and safe, chances are you're engaging in a pattern in, 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 I'm saying in a difficult situation, you're, it means you're engaging in, in a pattern that's comfortable and familiar, but not necessarily adaptive or healthy. Yes. And in terms of like, just to almost, you know, triple back you up there in, in uh, <laughs> like you have to, you have to find your own reward system for whatever it is. Even when you're in that bad mood and you've snapped yourself out of it, be like, oh, I solved it. I figured it out it's cookie time. You know, like what it's just, it can be, it can be whatever, like I, or I don't know if food's a a good reward system or not, but, um, I, 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 yeah, I mean, but the reward itself is the, is the, is the mastery of the task. Right. The reward itself isn't a thing. The reward itself is the ability to tolerate that discomfort long enough to get through what you need to get through and realize, oh crap, I did it. Like if you're anxious and you keep avoiding plans with your friends because your social anxiety Mm. is through the roof. So you keep avoiding, avoiding, avoiding. Mm. Maybe it's too much for you to go out to dinner on a Saturday night. So break it down. You know, maybe instead you have them stop by your house. If it's too much for you to have them inside your house because you feel awkward, sit outside, you know, tell them to stop by and sit outside for five minutes. Start slowly because every one of those little steps is taking you towards a behavior that you value, let's say, which is being a good friend or being Mm -hmm. a social friend and make slow steps towards that value because then not only are you going to feel good about yourself for doing it and you'll feel like a good friend and, you know, you'll feel better about it, but you're habituating, which means getting used to that discomfort that you've been avoiding by staying in. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't have your friends sit on your front steps with you for five minutes, you'd have deprived yourself the opportunity of showing yourself that you can handle it, that you can master. So the reward isn't necessarily something tangible. The reward is the fact that you mastered sitting with your discomfort, which for somebody who has anxiety or has depression is huge. And it's, you need to have that in order to get to the next step and get to the next step. By constantly avoiding it, you're depriving yourself of that opportunity. Now, it's very easy saying this. It's a whole other ballgame mm-hmm. to do it. So I always tell people, if you're trying to do this and it feels like it's just too damn much, then it is. Break it down. Break it down into, as we always say, insultingly small steps. Steps that you're like, I can't believe I'm making myself like, stick my toe in something, you know, like it, tiny, <laughs> tiny steps. Um, because it's about gaining that sense of accomplishment and mastery, not about the ultimate goal of like going to a bar on a Saturday night. Don't yeah. There. But, yeah. You know, you and, have it, to change your goal. Yeah. Oh yes. And, and, and just for me personally, it's very satisfactory to cross something off a list and I'm not, you know, and Dr. Z knows this, like I hate writing. Why is I that John? What, what's that? <laughs> Why <laughs> uh, is that? Of a me of, of what we're crossing the list, crossing the oh, yeah, because it's not there anymore. You're like, oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's that's a visual. I accomplished this thing in yeah. my 
So yeah, like it's uh, very helpful. I'm I'm a big fan of the whiteboards, the small legal pads, like whatever it is for the day to kind of set yourself up and be like, all right, you know, if we get these things done from an emotional standpoint, not yeah. from, you know, a day-to-day -day calendar yeah. type of thing. And that's what I, I think most of us right now are experiencing living in chaos. You know, you might not have been there pre-pandemic, but now yes, that, that yes, you, you, you're, you think Everyone so? Wants, yes, I think everybody is living in chaos. Here's the thing. I'm not saying chaos in a, in a bad way. I'm saying yeah. in the only way we wouldn't be living in chaos is if we could control everything and we mm -hmm. can't. So you have to accept the fact that there is maybe organized chaos, but there's chaos, organized chaos. Because, you, because you can't control everything. So if you have this mindset that before the pandemic, there wasn't chaos in your life and now mm -hmm. there is, and when it's gone, you're going to go back to having no chaos. It's again, you have to reevaluate that goal because I know this sound, and this isn't pessimistic. It's just the more you think you aren't in this organized chaos, it's almost like the more anxiety you're actually going to have because you, you're trying to control things you can't control rather than letting right. it happen. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's, oh, it totally makes sense. And for me, like, uh, and by the way, Josie, little girl's doing great. Appreciate, appreciate you asking. She's Aww. sleeping like a doll in, in there. Uh, but that's, that's one of the... Um, so in, in for a lot of people, and this is where, like, I think uh, crossing, uh, crossing the barriers, because I, we, I talk to a lot of autism parents, obviously, my two stepsons, eight and 10 have that. And I never experienced that before in my life over the last two and a half years. They've actually taught me so much of how to get rid of my anxiety or not get rid of, I'm sorry, I'm using bad language, how to manage yes. it a lot better because yes. they are chaos in, a, in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. They are chaos trying to understand how they communicate, trying to, you know, trying to have control essentially over that is, is stupid. Like why yeah. would it just, just let it happen, manage, find a, a lot of different things. And, you yeah. know, afford that peel off process, for however it is for people. I, you know, for me, it was the kids, but uh, I think that's very dramatic. A lot of the times when you're, yeah. it's, it's, and I think every new parent goes through those, those type of things where it's like, Oh, it's on me now. It's all on me. So uh, I think reacting, and this is this is why. Sorry, I mean this is, this is why I love Bruce Lee is because if you're water, if you are water, and his his whole preach is if you become water, you can flow, you can stop, you can be hard, you can be powerful, you can. If you just stop trying to, like you say, stop trying to rob the thoughts, stop trying to solve the problem for everybody. You know, like you are not the person Bruce in charge be, be Bruce Lee, be water. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Well, that's well, what I'm saying from the very beginning. Our moods are fluid. You yes. can't have a permanent mood state as a goal. It doesn't exist. Right. Doesn't exist. And you know, the control thing, one of the strategies that I tell people that uh, I'll use on here and you can apply it, you know, wherever, but, um, and I have this on my, on my Instagram and on my website, mm. my workshops. But if I gave you, John, a raw egg, right, and I told you, if you put this raw egg in your hand and you run up and down the steps a hundred times, if the egg doesn't break, you get a million dollars. Sweet. Right. right. So I give you that. Now, your natural gut reaction to hold on to something so that it doesn't break is to what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But if you try to control the egg and hold on super tight, it's going to crack. 
The best way to hold on to the egg is in your palm with your palm open, which feels super uncomfortable because you feel like you don't have control over it, like it's going to fall. But in reality, this is actually more control. So by letting go of control, you actually gain more control. You preserve your sense of self. You preserve mm -hmm. your um, ability to what's called modulate your affect, meaning you, you, you preserve your ability to not go like this so much, but more kind of like this right? Yes, so, yes. Fluid, right? Um, so it, that's, it, it's a good example that I, or a good analogy that I like to use that in our efforts to control things, we make ourselves more anxious, over control things, we make ourselves more anxious, we make our world smaller, like the panic example I gave. Mm -hmm. um, and now you're living like this. And guess what, you have more anxiety. So you have to kind of let go of that illusion of control so that your the fancy way to say it is behavioral repertoire meaning your day-to-day -day things that you value so your world gets bigger and mm -hmm. guess what your anxiety is going to become less so it's, it's like the it's it's the opposite of what we think it always is isn't it it's always. uh it's the george costanza it's we should be doing the opposite of our instincts the always of our instincts. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I just, Dr. Z, I love all your advice. Thank you so much. And this has been, this is, we just, you know, three weeks into this thing. And uh, I feel like we are having a lot of really good discussions, especially like some of the, some of the simpler things when it comes to anxiety and depression and this stuff, like we don't, we don't take the time to sit back and think about. Um, I know it's, you know, because of that controlled chaos that we, we keep getting our ourselves into here and the world obviously doesn't uh, doesn't really care what we think or what we what we wanted to do at any given time so uh yeah i mean it, it, josie's putting it in a in a good spot here don't try not to sweat the small things all the time it's it's one of the things that i've tried to learn too and and one I of the actually last... just did a live with her the woman who wrote the don't sweat the small oh stuff is that right that's yes, amazing I, well go yeah, check that out please if you're she, listening or watching this yeah she was she was awesome she um you know, she really kind of drives it home. Like, yeah, it's, but when we say don't sweat the small stuff, it doesn't mean ignore it. It means right. acknowledge it, notice it, don't grab onto it for dear life. It's there. Yes. It's not going away. You can go back to it anytime you want. It's just saying, acknowledge it, notice it, let it pass, let it come back around again, but stop holding onto it for dear life because that's, the illusion that you're trying to fix it going back to mm -hmm. your original statement when really you're, you're not fixing anything. You're making it worse. Oh yes. Yes. Big time. And, uh, also just on that, I would say in valuing people's opinions, it's the same thing. At least it is for me. Like when you're putting it on that, I'm like, I'm going to solve this. I want to make sure that I have the approval of this certain person. So I'm going to do all my actions and words in yes. this certain way. So they approve me. And then yes. you're leaving yourself way, 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 way out there. And you can tend to do that further and further. It's probably tends to why it crushed on my chest in particular. Yes. So that I think is, is stop trying to fix things is a, uh, is fantastic way to end the night. I think I, maybe we talk about that next time. The, the, the people pleasing. Yes. Yeah. I think that would be a great session for yeah. it, uh, because that's that a big anxiety component. Big, big time, big time. And it, it, another thing that we don't realize we're doing 
uh, in our day-to-day lives. Dr. Z, appreciate it as always. Uh, Dr. Z, uh, uh, com is where you can go find more information on all the things we talked about, including if you wanted to, uh, you know, further on and uh, have uh, some one-on-one sessions with Dr. Z that is available. And of course, if you have ever thought about taking your content and putting it into the digital space and or your business or you have a side hustle that you've just wanted to pursue uh that's that's what i'm here for lastoutmedia.com uh and really appreciate anyone that wants to come check us out or uh you know uh, do the fun things that uh, me and dr z do every sunday night so any final thoughts as we leave here dr z um no i don't actually this was this was a good one this was yeah. this was fun yeah i mean they're all fun but they're all fun maybe more in the car next time maybe too the, i guess maybe more in the car. <laughs> <laughs> this worked out okay um, but um but yeah i learned about bruce lee and yeah george costanza i mean where else can you talk about bruce lee and george costanza and once the, you know you can't exactly and you <laughs> fit in a couple of curse words every now and again Correct. on a sunday night so hold on loosely oh i love that go away come back that's fantastic join us on uh, sunday nights at eight o'clock on uh, dr z's instagram which remind the people is dr z underscore psychologist uh, eight o'clock every Sunday night. We'll see y'all. Thank you so much for joining us once Thank again, you. right here. It's doctors. It's me, Dr. Z with JB. We'll see you next Sunday. <laughs> Have a good night.